Hello everyone, and welcome to C-View Quantum Network. I'm your presenter Daniel, and I'm here with producer and host Claudia Pareco. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to release the biggest blocks holding you back from your deepest desires? If so, you're listening to the right show, The Secret Power of You, with special guest Terry Christine. Throughout our highly viewed shows, you and all high vibrational listeners will journey to your subconscious mind, a very powerful and mysterious force, to identify what has been holding you back, release it, to confidently walk in the direction of your dreams, goals, and intentions. As an intuitive energy healer and psychic medium, Terry Christine is able to connect to the source of the block, tell you when this block was created, by whom, how old you were, and a description of the occurrence. Together, we will shift that energy out of your existence to allow room for the energy of what you desire in your life. Call for free at 805-830-8344 and wait in line or use Take My Call. And for $11, you can jump the long list of callers. Do so at www.paypal.me slash p-u-r-e-c-o slash 11 and then please PM or email Claudia Pareco with the phone number you'll call the show at cview1111 at gmail.com. Terry will assist in helping to point out what you cannot easily see for yourself, to heal and guide towards wholeness and well-being. As your intuitive energy healer, Terry Christine accelerates the awakening process by providing resources and tools to help you move even further along towards the life you want most. To contact Terry Christine directly, please visit www.terichristine.com. Tune in Mondays and Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time to see you and listen to all our shows. For more information, visit cview1111.net and look under Seasonal Shows. Are you ready to raise your vibration into a new blueprint of creation and feel a sense of knowing that your life is transformed into an easier way to live? Get ready. Set your intent to be chosen from the list of callers and join us in welcoming Terry Christine. Danis, and welcome everybody to The Secret Power of You with Tara Christine. Today we're going to have a very interesting topic, which is peekaboo, I see you having fun and adventure. I was just talking to Terry, which she will be with us shortly, about the topic and the times that we are living right now. And even though it's um, it might seem like a disconnection there within what's going on and having fun and adventure, Terry Christine will explain us how that is exactly, and probably you feel it on your bone, that is exactly what we need right now fun and adventure. 
that connection with your inner child that is jumping, is shouting for you to let it out and to allow your child to have fun, to relax, to have a better understanding of what's going on through the, the eyes of a child. One of the things that I love about Terry Christine is that she's always um, changing, always shifting. She's always adapting to what is going on to the world. So go to her website. It's beautiful. It's different. You can find so many things that weren't there before that you'll be amazed. www.terrychristine.com so now let's bring Terry to the show. Hey, Claudia and everyone. Thank you so much. Wow. You know, thank you for pointing that out because I really do my best to go with the flow of energy and knowing that I'm not being mm, taken down, may whatever the experience is, and you know, yes, thank you for acknowledging. I did launch a whole new website that looks really cool and amazing. And um, you can see all the things that I've done and have done and can do for people. But going back to the topic, you know, I was in my head thinking about how I have shifted and changed uh, in the last nine weeks due to the pandemic. And um, I became an essential worker for the past six weeks because as things were shifting, and, and people, you know, are legitimately concerned about their jobs if they haven't lost them already or laid off or, or their hours cut. My, both my children have experienced that as well as I have, um, you know, when people are not knowing when and how their income is coming in, then people that such as myself, coaches, nutritionists, trainers, they, they experience that. Um, and so people will either hang on to it or not have as many sessions. And so I had to get, I live what I preach, meaning the shows that you hear, what's on my website, I talk to talk and walk it. And I decided, you know, if I'm going to sit around, I can easily get in my head just like all of you. So it's not that I'm ignoring my feelings. I'm making sure that I don't live in any false beliefs that my head is creating. So to stay in service for me, as I'm only speaking for me, I decided what is what would be good that I could help that I know for, for me that would work. And I rarely get sick. I have a very strong immune system. And, yes, each time I went into the grocery store, um, for some were ex- experiencing the virus and they felt they were healthy and then it got really bad for them. But that was what I I chose that I could handle and I took extra precautions. And then my daughter joined in. She's 23 and we did it uh, together. And then as I was experiencing it, I could see how things were shifting at the beginning and how people were responding and the longer this pandemic lasts, how they were shifting and experiencing. And, And I'm seeing a lot more frustration, a lot more anger in people because they're feeling that they're being controlled or maybe even manipulated or felt like I'm ready to get back to what I was comfortable with because now we're in the uncomfortable. And so this topic, what we were talking about right before we, we got on the show, Claudia, is the topic. I, I write the topics a year or more in advance. 
And I do what's called Power Stream. It's an online group energy clearing the first of every month. And the topic does fall. And I just did the topic on um, May 1st, this peekaboo, I see you having more fun adventure. And when it came up, just like you and I spoke, I thought, man, it might not be a perfect time (laughs) for this, but I chose to keep the topic. And when I went through Power Stream, some amazing things came up that we talked about. And some of them, and we're going to, this is going to go deep so that people can really truly understand that when you have a lot of chaos and you have a lot of things going on, and that's what the world is experiencing, chaos, fear, unknown, and a lot of people live in the fear of the unknown, that it's hard to be able to have fun and play, feel light, feel airy because of all of that. But if I experienced something, and we're going to talk about this, I experienced it and I was feeling the, the frustration of not being able to um, shop for the exact things that people are wanting because it's not on the shelves. The meat is sparse, the toilet paper, of course, uh, even <laughs> common things like soup and beans are not on the shelves because people are being able to stock it up and less fresh, but because they don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So I understand what's happening. However, many others don't. And the other day uh, I was at the store and I was shopping for four people and it was a very difficult because there were a lot of things not there. So I feel the, the stress and the pain that people experience, but I'm doing it for them and I still feel it. And so I'm frustrated in the grocery store and I get to the counter and there was a few things I needed to purchase for myself. So I finished with them and I did mine and I pulled out my wallet and I had exactly the amount plus $1 in my wallet to pay for my groceries in cash. Cause I, I decided, you know, I'm going to pay for cash. And I looked at the dollar and instantly my childlike fun and adventure kicked in. And I held up the dollar and I said very loudly to all the people that were in line, and some of them were essential workers, and I had become friends over the last six weeks with all of the, the staff in the grocery store, so they knew my personality. And I held up the dollar and I shook it and I said, who's ready to dance for this? <laughs> <laughs> and the whole place busted out laughing. And as I was walking away, I thought, I feel so much better because people were laughing. I would have loved a hug, but they were laughing. And it had been so long that I heard a group of people laugh. And I was able to find a little fun and a little adventure, a little naughtiness came out in that exact moment. And it was so spontaneous. And it gave me such joy because it wasn't planned and people laughed. Now, if I triggered anyone, that's their issue. And I'm not worried about that. (laughs) But what I was is that I was going hog wild into my fun, into my, my childlike energy. And I got some laughs out of it. And it doesn't make me irresponsible for being able to lift up heavy, dense energy, meaning the 
feeling that the frustration I was having shopping for people, not being able to get what exactly they wanted, and then the money issues and the people in line and everyone's wearing masks. Even when I say it, I, I start feeling my energy go down. But to find little pockets of just a little fun, and it doesn't have to be a form of being irresponsible. So I'm going to stop right here and focus on that word because that is a key component to fun and adventure. When I was digging deep in the energy of the individuals that were on Power Stream, I constantly heard that word throughout the hour and a half of that, um, that event. And we're all taught, even as small as when we're born, that we must be responsible first before we can have fun and adventure. Do your homework first before you can play with your dolls or ride your bike. Or make sure, and you know, I could list this a mile long, right? You, you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But what we seem to forget is that when we have a tiny bit of fun and a tiny bit of adventure, it does lift our spirits. It lifts our energy. Even a little laugh we say at the end when we haven't had one in a while, everyone says it, and including me, that felt so good. I needed that. And so to find little pockets of fun and adventure and still know that you are responsible is so empowering to think that you can do it, you can lift your own spirits and lift others around you. So the key to this whole show is not about being irresponsible based on what's going on with you or around you, but to find little pockets of fun so that you can lift and feel like, man, that was like a hug. (laughs) Just being able to laugh or find something fun around it. And then, and we're going to, I'm going to finish this whole story about that particular day because I had to take a break from the the grocery shopping because, you know, it's a lot when people are buying $300 in groceries and you're having to deliver them all in a short period of time of deadlines it can wear your body. I'm not, not as young as I was uh, years and years ago, but I still stay up with my 23-year-old, and then my body feels it, and so I had to take a break because of my shoulder. And I decided this last day, because I, I wanted so desperately to find so much more love in it because people were so frustrated. And so my daughter and I set our intent, so thank you, Danny, because in the beginning of the introduction, he said, set your intent, and I'm like, oh, I love him. And we <laughs> do. We set our intent on what we want to receive. So I set my intent, telling my daughter, I think we should make this our last day so my arm could get a break. I need to have an X-ray or something going on. And she said, yeah, Mom, I really think that, that too, because uh, I really um, I was getting tired, and she was telling me her things. And I said, okay, let's really make this good. We had four people. And I I told you about the time with the dollar bill. And then here we are driving to the last one. She starts texting me and telling me, um, because she wasn't responding to me when I was calling her to say, the store's not really good today. 90% of the things I have to substitute. And she wasn't responding. And I just went, I want you to be happy. So I get to the counter 
and she starts texting me, I just woke up, I, I, and she starts calling herself all of these things. And I said to my daughter, oh, my gosh, she's really beating herself up. There's something going on with her. We need to love her energetically. And my daughter always says, Mom, you always find positive things. I said, because you can. And so we were able to flip a few things right as we're standing at the counter. I made my daughter run down the aisles and grab a few things and switch some things. And we came back and we get to her house. She wrote me a note. She took the time because we got to her house in 30 minutes and wrote me a letter. When my daughter and I read it, we started crying. She started telling us about how she was up all night because her mother has dementia and was screaming for her all night and that she didn't want to be the person that maybe a grocery shopper pushes someone away that they don't respond fast enough. But that wasn't the case. I told my daughter if I could wrap myself in cellophane, I'd give her a great big hug because I knew something was going on with her. So as an essential worker, I get these other things that I can find, like toilet paper and disinfectants and things, because I'm, 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 I'm a master manifester. So I manifested a few things so I could gift people. So I said, I love you no matter what. You're an amazing person, and I'm going to gift you some things. And she said, I even stopped asking for them because I couldn't find them. I'm telling you all these stories because, again, we can find really good stuff when there may not be such good stuff. And I could feel her in those texts that she was sending me, her pain and beating our own self up. And I'm like, no, no, don't do that. Love, we love you. You're amazing. And I gave her those things that she wrote me, this note that my daughter and I cried over thinking, oh, my gosh, she feels terrible for us when we feel terrible for her. And we ended that day thinking we made a huge difference in someone's life. First off, we didn't get irritated with her. We loved her even more. We showed her that she's an amazing person by telling her, it's all okay. You're awesome the way you are. Don't worry. I just wanted you to be happy. And even though she could have been like attacking me, I didn't see it that way. And in the end, she loved me even more by giving me this beautiful note that we both cried over. And then we ended our day and ended our, I had to shop for another friend because he has some existing health concerns. So I shopped for him. My daughter and I ended at his house. I, he opened the door and I said, do you have some cold Prosecco? Because it's time to celebrate. And he did. He pulled it out and we sat and we ate some cheese on his deck. He wasn't even prepared. He hadn't even pulled out his summer um, outdoor furniture. We pulled out a folding table two folding chairs, I sat on the floor, we laughed, we reminisced about what was good, bad, and ugly about the shopping, but we let it all go, and we created some adventure. It was all on the same day that we set our intent to find goodness out of what we were able to do for others, even though sometimes it didn't look like there was such goodness. So for all of you, if you just allow yourself to step into it and know that you're not being irresponsible, that you can see that there may be something that someone is struggling with and you don't have to take it personal. That's the best thing. That's the sales that I learned. Don't take it personal. Even Don Miguel Ruiz said it in the Four, uh, four Agreements, and he's endorsed my book, Don't Take It Personal. 
Mm-hmm. And when you realize that people could be going through a lot of things, especially now, and you still can find a way to lift up and lift yourself out and know that whatever it is that you're going through, it can be a perception of your reality, but where are the little pockets of fun and adventure so you can lift yourself up as well as others? I hope that really makes a difference. And I want to dig some deep. And if there's calls, that's great. If there's anybody, I can take some questions or help you clear some stuff. But do you understand that whole thing? So if you're going through anything, Claudia, let's let's get rid of it. (laughs) Yeah, let's get some fun and adventure. Yeah, and let's get this caller. This is a caller, a 201 number. So let's bring this caller to the show. Two zero one three two one. Welcome to see you. Can I have your first name and where are you calling us from? Hello, can you hear us? You might be muted. Two zero one three two one. They want to go have some fun and adventure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then let's bring. I you was Lisa. muted. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'll bring you that. Okay, so you were muted. Okay. Yes. Welcome. Um, good morning. Hi, my name is Jackie. I'm calling from New Jersey. And I do want to eliminate limiting beliefs. I think a lot of them are usually triggered by external factors. And I work very hard to block these external factors, but it still tends to creep in and it sometimes will make me feel stuck, and I don't like that feeling, so I definitely want help with that. Yeah. So, Jackie, the key thing that you said is that you try to block the external factors, but the external factors are allowing you to be triggered so that you can grow and expand from whatever it is in your subconscious. A good example is that have a young client, she's 17, and she says that, and, and this is to help you, and I, there's something going on with you, and we're going to connect into that, but she says that when she's super happy and feeling so alive and free, that she has this underlying fear that it's all going to be taken away and something tra- tragic is going to happen. And with her upbringing, she had where one of the parents would try to control a situation but she went into it as a child and then when she was playing as a child that parent decided that that wasn't the appropriate time to be a child so then the things would change and she would feel unsafe or she would feel like what what did what did I do wrong remember we're just the children experiencing life for the first time we don't have adult experiences knowing that if I do this, this is the end result. A child still has to do it for the first time. And so we have to allow the external challenges, experiences to happen so that we can be triggered and then see within that trigger what it is that we need to change from within on ourselves. May it be setting our own boundaries, loving ourselves more, uh, knowing that You know, we have an interaction with someone and that we can walk away from it instead of doing the same pattern. So when you were starting to talk, you have um, your energy, and not just by what I'm hearing, but I can hear and feel that it's like, 
uh, like, oh, I'm, I'm doing my best to move forward in this. What is keeping me from moving forward in this? And because I work with the subconscious, I'm the one who helps people put their pieces of the puzzle together because 99% of the time you can't see it until it's triggered. Are you still with me, Jackie? You understanding? Yes, I am. I am. Okay. So your best bet is to welcome and receive what is going on outside. Instead of saying, I don't want it to happen, tell yourself, I do want it to happen so I can heal faster, so I can be more empowered, so I can move forward into the things that I truly want and desire. Because think of about like a brick wall, all the little bricks that are piled up on each other. Each one of those could be one of your limiting beliefs, and it's time to take the brick wall down. So I'm feeling like there's a lot of limiting beliefs wrapped around your dad, the energy of masculine energy, the interaction with that. Uh, Hold on for a second, Jackie. Let me see with you here what's going on. So I picked up a couple of dates. I picked up four at first, and six got stronger. So the limiting belief started at four and six is when it was um, strongly triggered. Can you recall anything specifically at six between you and your dad? No, not really. I, I can't. It's like I don't really, I can't remember like a lot of negative things with my father when I was young besides of the discipline. But um mm-hmm. I had a really good relationship with my father. I know definitely into adulthood. But mm-hmm. on on the other note, I, I do wrestle with um with um men who try to control me, whether it's in the workplace or um, you know, mm-hmm. just leaving things on a woman when a man should be doing it. Like my father mm-hmm. did kind of raise me to stand up for myself, take care of myself. And, and yes, he was kind of, he was very um, strong when it came to how he dealt with me compared to like my brothers and my sisters because he knew that I was always willing to learn something new. So, I mean, growing up as a young girl, I was a tomboy and I was very athletic because I really did more things with my dad more so than my mother. And it wasn't so when my mother, my father passed that my mother and I actually really developed a better relationship because prior to that, I, I would want to believe that my father was my strongest supporter. Yes, he was a stern disciplinarian, but he was still my strongest supporter because I, I carry a lot of my dad's energy with me more so on how to do things now with my challenges. I, I mean, really, I, I've been surviving off of what my father taught me more so than my mother. Uh-huh. And, and then when my so, mother transitioned, that's when that's when I found myself doing more of her thought processes except, except my father's. Mm-hmm. So I'm not so sure how happen? that's really working. Yep. No, it's perfect. What can happen, and I was going to tell you um, when, I was, when your story was over, but when you have a parent who has a strong means of control, the disciplinary, this is the way it should be, I'm guiding you. And when you have a child 
that wants to expand and be a child, meaning laughing, running, screaming, shouting, that's children expanding their energy, that it can create a form of being uh, restricted. And then that's why you're having the feeling that men have a tendency or feel like they're controlling you or telling you what to do because your dad must have been really you know, restricting you in being the child that you wanted to expand and grow into. And there was a lot of restrictions, and that's why you're struggling with that subconsciously. That's why you let you quietly question, man, why, don't, why am I triggered with this guy? I'm sure he cares about me, but I feel like he's trying to tell me what to do. Well, that's what your dad was doing, masculine energy to masculine energy. So it really is a matter of clearing what you felt your restrictions were wrapped around it. He had, your father had good intent. He thought, you know, let me guide her. But it can be extreme in some respects, and especially depending on the baby soul. Not all baby souls will feel restricted in that case. Some will feel loved, but then they become a procrastinator because then they're trusting that parent that created this is what you have to do, but you can't do it until I tell you. So it really depends on the baby soul. You as your soul said, mm, this is too restrictive for me, right? And then there's where you also turned it to where I love him. He loves me. This is the way he's showing me. So I'm going to super size into it and be an athlete and really show him that I love him and I love myself. I like it, but look at how he likes that too. I'm a good girl. You see, does that resonate? Yes, it does resonate, yes. Okay. So then it really is a matter of, first off, let's find more fun and adventure when when you have uh, masculine energy, because you can have masculine energy in a woman. Uh, she's dominant. She's a CEO. She's a speaker. You know, she likes to say, you know, this is how it is, right? And find that, uh, you know, something that you could say or do that could bring a laugh to it or that could make you feel a little lighter on it and knowing that it's all wrapped around love and not about someone telling you what to do. Because in this world, my love, every single one of us, we don't want to tell others what to do. It's either our experiences that showed us, well, if you do, if you say these things, other people will listen. So then it just becomes a pattern from someone else's pattern, usually the parent or the caregiver. So we have to choose to change our own patterns so that we can love ourselves more and that others around us will see that we are who we're living in our space of truly who we want to be. Right. So go deep into forgiving yourself for feeling like dad is controlling you and forgive dad deeply, not just, you know, visualizing and say, oh, dad, I forgive you. It actually is a process of creating safe space and a visualization technique, meaning like create a backyard or um, a park like setting uh, or, or a home that is yours and no one could take it away. Bring his energy in. Visualize him sitting there in front of you. Hug him. Release it. Say, I love you unconditionally. I see you now. I see that you had challenges with your own mom and dad and that your mom constantly told you you have to do it this way. And that's the only thing you knew, so you showed that to me. And now I'm ending that cycle. I don't have to feel like I'm controlled. I don't have to feel like someone is forcing me 
and I love you and honor you, put him in a bubble, blow him away, and then you watch him smile at you and feel free. There's no time and space with energy. We can go back in time and do that. But know that a lot of your limiting beliefs are feeling control. You're probably being really triggered in what's going on and feeling controlled. Can't leave my house. Why are people angry? They're driving aggressive. Everyone feels like they can do what they want to do. Are you starting to feel like that? Yeah, I, I really do. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and especially working from home, and I, I have to deal with, you know, emails, and emails make absolutely you no know, sense. And I know that, you know, I have communicated in person prior to, you know, we working from home, and I foresaw certain things occurring. And now that they're occurring, I see where the people who can make a big difference are trying to push their responsibility back on me. And mm. I I just see that as an invasion and, and a threat in some in some fashion because, you know, I, I don't understand it. if you're in this position, you know, you're supposed to be able to make decisions and carry it out. And it, it brings me back to my father who was a businessman and he always made sure that he followed up on things and he took care of everything. But now I'm seeing where... You know, in my in my situation is that I find men trying to push their responsibilities off on me. Uh huh. And this uh-huh. I, this is this is in a professional arena, and it makes absolutely no sense to me. But it, it creates a disturbance in in me. And your subconscious being triggered. So let's clear some mm-hmm. limiting beliefs wrapped around being controlled or manipulated. Um, so take a deep breath into your nose and out through your mouth. Yep. So in that breath, I heard you so ready to move forward, but with your exhale, here we go again. And you know, I, cause I've been doing this so long, I can even hear it on the breath, meaning, is this going to work this time? Can I really let this go? Cause it, I feel like you've been trying to work on some of the things, but not having any form of guidance, like you were saying, I just try to not let those triggers happen, but welcome them. Like, yes, I want it. (laughs) I'm healing. I'm healing deeply and profoundly, right? So everywhere and anywhere that's keeping you from feeling that you are healing, that you are ready for the triggers, that you do want them and more, that you aren't taking it personal, that you are seeing and believing your truth, that you can move into fun and adventure as you're still being responsible, responding to your emails, doing your job, and laughing through it. All right, everybody, let's just get through it. Uncreate, transmute, and vaporize across all time, dimension, space, and reality. Everywhere and anywhere that's keeping you from finally letting go. And yes, you are loved and always loved. From your parents, from your family, from the universe, and from all of us. We all want to see Jackie succeed. Uncreate, transmute, and vaporize across all time, dimension, space, and reality. Everywhere and anywhere that's keeping you from severing the ties of having to be responsible for first before you can laugh and play. Delete, 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 delete across all time, dimension, space, and reality. Right there, Jackie, that is the biggest 
thing that holds you and a lot of people of being able to laugh when they think, well, I'm not supposed to laugh now. Well, what does that mean? Or being able to say, I'm going to stop for a minute and take a 15-minute break because I deserve that because that's what my job allows me to do. But no, I have to do that because my boss just told me I have this. Now, I understand that you have a deadline, yes. You have to meet the deadline. But you also know that you can stand up, stretch, go to the bathroom, have a glass of milk or whatever it is, and come back to your computer or come back and say, I just had the best meal. It was cookies and cream and laugh about it. (laughs) And know that we can lighten the load for ourselves as well as others. Does this all make sense to you? It makes sense. Yes, it does. Yeah. And I do love to laugh because when I get a chance to, like, really laugh, I mean, like, it really does raise your vibration. I mean, like, even a funny meme could, like, really just change the atmosphere. (laughs) Exactly. So you said, when I get a chance, girl, make it all the time. Mm -hmm. Your chances are here Mm -hmm. and now. (laughs) And thank you for calling, Jackie. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so now let's go with Steph and bring her to the show. Hello, Steph. Hi there. Hi, Steph. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you so much. So what can I help you with? Um, So I am having a situation where I'm having some difficulty communicating with my mother. We're both very different personalities. Um, um, I am more outspoken and bold and confident, and she is more passive and um, quiet and reserved. And so, you know, there's a lot of headbutting that happens there. Um, But also I think that there is some emotional uh, trauma, for lack of a better word, that's probably not the best word, but I can't think of another word right now, um, that I have experienced from her by um, withholding affection and attention and things like that. And um, when she's upset at someone or um, anyway, it's just, just some things that I, you know, just the, and just the things that our parents do that, you know, they're human beings, they make mistakes, and, and, and it's hurtful. Um, you know, I don't, she's not an abuser and not a terrible mother. She was a wonderful mother. I had a wonderful childhood. Um, but we're having some difficulty in, um, I guess, just sort of coming to terms with that. And maybe it's just me. I don't, I don't know if, if she's open to that or not open to that. Um, and so I guess my question is, what can I do to sort of release that blockage of the emotional trauma I feel that I have experienced that she does not recognize or doesn't want to recognize? Mm-hmm. And just so I'm clear on what you're saying, are you saying it's wrapped around from her lack of being able to be um, – Giving physically, like the hugs and the compliments and things? No, um, it's whenever. So, a couple of things that have happened over the years is um, I have some siblings, and um, systematically, she has pitted the siblings against one another to 
cause drama, to cause fights, and then swoops in as the savior so that she can be the peacemaker and mediate between the siblings um, so that she can feel useful um, because when, when all her children, yeah, yeah, when her children, you know, left home and became adults, she didn't have a purpose anymore or felt she didn't have a purpose mm. anymore. So she would create um, these arguments between the siblings and, um, and then swoop in and save the day and, you know, feel needed. So that was one of the things. And, you know, I've talked with my siblings about it and we all agree. Um, and then the other thing is withholding of, like if I just just this week I said something that she didn't like, and she ignored me for almost 24 hours. And we, right now we're in this little 400 square foot camper, um, and so we're in a very small space. And so the the ignoring is is um, pretty painful. And so and I called her out on it, and of course that didn't go over well either. And so it's. It wasn't withholding of physical affection necessarily. It's the when somebody does something I don't like, I'm going to punish them by ignoring them. Yeah. So the biggest challenge here is that you're wishing and praying that mom will see the things she's doing and change within herself. However, if her biggest limiting belief is that she doesn't feel needed, She's going to create that as she's doing, that space to feel needed, her purpose. A lot of women, especially, do you have a lot of, you said four, do you have four or five siblings? Um, Yeah, I have three siblings. There you go. So there's four total. Yep. (laughs) So, So here you have four children that gave her a purpose of feeling like, she's needed and somewhere along the line she is not needed anymore because you are she did her job right but it hit her probably harder than she thought and now she can't get out of the mode of feeling needed so the challenge is that she has to choose to stop what's happening here and you can't force her to do yeah. that other <laughs> right. than your own setting your own boundaries like you have been so kudos to you to speak to the other um, brothers and sisters and to say and so that people don't take sides and see what's going on still yeah. love her because you still love her she's still in the same home however she has to be able to and willing to step up and how do you do that well, so, or how do I cope with it when she does when she does because I, I really don't have any um, confidence that she will step up and do that um, just after years. And, you know, everyone can change. I do recognize that anyone can change at any point. Uh, but from years of experience, it's, um, it's not likely that we will see change anytime soon. And so I, I guess my question is, how do I cope with that? Right. Well, you just have to accept it, and then you're not the punching bag and still set your boundaries. What you can do is find ways to show her how she can satisfy her need and desire to be needed, you know, to feel that she is needed and wanted. So yep. somebody like that should have a hobby or, or, or write or create. And then that end creation is to be gifted or given to somebody who she can see really needed it. So there is where you and all the siblings can sit down with her and say, 
Mom, we see you creating this. You can deny it, but we're all here together. We all still love you. We all still support you. But we're hoping that you can find another creative avenue for what you're doing. And yeah. then you, you, you still have to accept her as she is unless she's intentionally doing what she's doing and hurting people. Then, then everyone has to step up and say, no, you might find yourself in a tiny dark hole all by yourself if you're not willing to continue to work on yourself and let go of this. It's really communication yep. and yep. boundaries. Yep. And you're doing a good job. Don't give up. But show her <laughs> what's going on. Yeah, don't yeah. show that don't but show her what's going on. There's no reason to just uh, ignore it because I know when I work with people they say, oh, I've tried that. Well you only did it one time. Sometimes you have to do it but you have to do it a thousand different ways before the person goes, yep. Oh my God, I get it. Yep. I got yep. the epiphany. <laughs> and and I think that's what our one of my struggles is, you know, I feel like I've we've known this behavior for about ten years, um, my siblings and I, and we've talked about it. Um, and so we've all been aware of it, and no one except me has had the guts to sort of say, hey, this, you're doing this. Um, and so then when she goes to the other siblings, the other siblings are like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And so then I made this scapegoat of, you know, because they're afraid of retaliation or whatever being ignored. And so the only person who is speaking up about these things is myself. And so then I become the scapegoat. I become, you know, the, the awful one, the, the one who's, who's trying to destroy the family or whatever. And, and it's really, it's just really frustrating. <laughs> yeah. So, um, hold on for a second with you. You have some dad blocks. Hold on really quick. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Did you find that your dad was the one trying to keep things going and amend things too? I'm sorry, say that again. Did you find that your dad in certain aspects of when you grew or growing up, did he, was he the one that kind of tried to make things a little better sometimes? Oh, don't worry about it. Or let's do something different. Everyone. Was he the one? Um, that no, he was just totally um, like hands off. So he was a good provider and a, a loving father in action, but was not around um, emotionally a lot. And so whenever we would have, you know, family arguments or disagreements, he checked out. So he was not, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he would say his opinion, but it was, this is my opinion. I am the patriarch, case closed. <laughs> You know, kind of thing. And you and did he end with and you all work it out? <laughs> yeah, essentially. You all, you know, work it out, I'm done here. There there you go. I was kinda of saying that at the beginning. Saying did he yeah. say, you know, you all work it out, make it work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> because <laughs> And so here now you are trying to do what your dad, you know, he backed off and said, you all work it out. You're stepping up trying to work it out. And then mom's still fighting her own limiting beliefs. So you're kind of like the scapegoat stuck in the middle, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, if sometimes your other siblings don't see it and, you know, there's always ways of showing little and being fun about it. Like, Oh, let's, let's meditate on this and laugh. Or yeah. have you ever thought about it that 
you know, if, if she never changes and this is the way we are, are we all going to still love her and, and acknowledge that this is going to be okay and walk away? Getting yeah. little subtle hints of having them think about seeing things differently because you are seeing them differently, you yeah. see, without having to stranglehold everybody. Yep. Yep. And buying a few books for them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so let's clear some of the stuff before you go about okay. dad. Again, here's control, responsibility. Oh, I love this. This all ties to you and Jackie and I know when I was listening on. to, yep, when I was listening to Jackie, I was like, oh, this is so relevant to what I have to say too. <laughs> right. <laughs> of feeling like you must be responsible before you can have your own fun adventure. Mom's killing yeah. our fun because she's doing yeah. that. And I have to step up being responsible to show everybody how we can change this. And this is yeah. not fun anymore. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I was saying these little opportunities of buy a book for everyone and say, see, maybe we can change this and just let it go. Yeah. Or watching or getting everybody a video. I buy it here. Watch this. And let it go. If they watch it, great. If they don't, they don't. Yeah. But you, you, you lifted the energy to give them the opportunity. So let's clear some more dad stuff. So here we go, okay. dad. Dad controlling, dad checking out, but it's form of controlling. Isn't it a form of control? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. So take a deep breath in and out the mouth. That's right. She's ready. <laughs> so yeah. everywhere and anywhere that's keeping you from feeling your power that you are on the right path that you see clearly and effortlessly of what is going on you're speaking your truth you know the truth you're living in the truth and who cares about the rest knowing yeah. that you can move forward and freely show it share it see it feel it and say, this is not how you want to live. If we want to live this way, it's going to be uncomfortable. But there's other ways. So let's just have more fun and adventure. And everybody jump in the pool together. Uncreate, <laughs> yep. transmute, like and vaporize across all time, dimension, space, and reality. Everywhere and anywhere that's keeping you from seeing that there are bits and pieces of finding some fun in this. Of being able to make your mom laugh, even though she can't see it herself of being able to say that this is not going to be the way it is because there's too much going on that we can have more fun, <laughs> feel more happy and more free and laugh just like that. Uncreate, transmute, and vaporize across all time, dimension, space, and reality. Everywhere and anywhere that's keeping you from severing the ties of taken and personal, that dad's just simply showing you how to check out and you, mom's doing the checking out. Delete, yep. delete, delete, delete. Across all time, dimension, space, and reality. She learned a lot from him too. She's checking out. Delete, delete, delete across all time, dimension, space, and reality. And I wouldn't be surprised if you walk up to her and say, Mom, you're doing just like Dad. He checked out. So here's your checkerboard. Go play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> and you know, either she laughs or she rolls her eyes. Just say, you know what? This is about having more fun in life. Don't you want to have more fun? Don't you want to laugh? Don't you want to find goodness in this? But when these things are caused, it really doesn't make it fun. So where, yeah. can, where are you feeling that you're lacking fun? Where are you feeling like you're lacking that you're not feeling needed and loved? 
you know? People mm-hmm. can call yeah. in all relationships, from intimate relationships to family relationships. But they will cause problems because they feel like they're not getting a Lacking. love. Or the yep. way, right, or the way they see they want the love. So they strangle, hold it, and control it, and then it makes it worse. Yes. Yep. So everywhere and anywhere that's keeping you from feeling in the free flow, that control is gone. No more longer feeling controlled or checked out. No longer feeling triggered by anyone checking out. No longer being in the environment of being checked out. Delete, delete, delete across all time, dimension, space, and reality. Everywhere and anywhere that's keeping you from seeing that you need a change in your life. Mm-hmm. And maybe the others haven't, but you have. And you're empowered and you see beyond the physical eyes and feel beyond the physical body. And you are moving in and are and one with this magical energy. And that's the yep. only thing that matters. And they will get it. Uncreate, yeah. transmute, and vaporize across all time, dimension, space, and reality. Take a deep breath into your nose and out through your mouth. Girl, you got it. And, you know, I'm, awesome. I'm only telling you there are many, many tools out there to help you, but books are one. And, you know, I've written a book, The Secret Power of You, and it actually helps you see your limiting beliefs. You can get it on Amazon. Give it to your mom. You know, saying, well, there might be something going on here that you're not seeing, and this could help. So, and it can help her see some of the things that she's doing and then make some changes. There's some simple yet profound techniques in there. So Mother's Day is around the corner, you know? Yeah. And you can say, I love you, and I'm hoping that we can find a change (laughs) in here. Yep. Yeah. Good word. Thank you so much. You're welcome, honey. Happy Mother's Day to you. Yeah, happy Mother's Day to everybody that is listening. And we have one more caller from Australia. Can we feed oh him God. in? Yes, I love Australia. Okay, so this is Bob. Okay, so this is Bob. Hey, good day, Terry. How are you? Hi, Paul. Fine. You know, I have a very strong following in Australia, so it's well. I welcome you and your energy. Well, thanks, darling. It's um, 10 to 3 in the morning here. I'm turning into a vampire. Um, But, (laughs) yeah. Um, uh, Now, how I live my life now is um, when my body is tired, we sleep. And when my body is awake, we play. Um, (laughs) Okay. But, yeah, but... um, how can I put it? Um, I, I had a very, very violent childhood, probably like most most kids, and I realized that I couldn't actually change my past, but I couldn't go back and heal it. So in 1990, I, I started doing the work of healing the wounds of the inner child, thanks to John Bradshaw. And I've done heaps of work around that. And then in 1984, I began a journey with depression, um, and that began a cycle of 20 years of taking, you know, antidepressants and psychologists and psychiatrists until I realized that um, the longest relationship I've ever had in my life was with me. Ergo, I'm the only expert on my life. And um, so why am I listening to all these other people telling me they said they're wrong with me? And I realized that I spent the first 40 years of my life chopping off bits of me to fit into this society. And the last 28 
years gathering them all back because I now know that all of me is okay. So I'm really content in my life, you know. I, I lost everything that I used to value when I was living the magazine life, and I'm now, I've been consciously barefoot since 2005. I live in an old caravan under a mango tree. My life is awesome for I created that way. And now I'm coming to the blocks. <laughs> and this is oh. where you come in. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was living on my boat, Fidelio, which means the faithful one uh, in Pioneer Bay. And um, I had this realization that um, with with my research on depression, I, because I have a scientific sort of approach to things, I built a database of all the effects of these um, these uh, toxins, and they all had three uh, they all had three things in common can produce feelings of anxiety, depression, and suicide. So <laughs> that's when I realised that this is a no brainer. Like they want customers, not cures. So I was on the boat and I just went cold turkey, and and got got off antidepressants, and I went to hell and back probably about three times a day for a fortnight. Um, but you know, I got clear of them, uh, but I'm stumbling now with, I love my life so much. And I do believe in reincarnation, um, that, um, there's a couple of things in my life that I want to get rid of that I just see, can't seem to push out the way. And, and it's all addictions. Um, it's an addiction to alcohol and tobacco. Now for years, I, you know, was in denial, you know, especially in Australia, you know, drinking is, is next to God and foot in footy in Australia. But I realize that it's, it's having an effect on the physiology. And also as a folk singer, um, uh, smoking has a, is having an impact and I'm now noticing it. And I'm, I just can't seem to get rid of those those two addictions. So anything you can do to help, I would be uh, paternally grateful. <laughs> okay. Oh, so thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Let me tell you a little bit about what's going on. When someone has something that they anchor into, so if it's drinking or um, some repetitive thing that draws to them that they have to have it, it's because they're anchoring into something that makes them feel good and make them feel more loved. So if they can't have the love from the outside, they'll use things to feel like, well, this is comforting me and I do feel loved. So when you were talking, Paul, I was picking up some very strong God blocks. Let me explain a God block. When we're brought into the world, meaning we jump in our little baby soul jumps into the body and we come through the love canal, as I call it, and we breathe our first breath. We are wanting unconditional love, um, fed, you know, protection, roof over our head. And sometimes some of those things are not present. And, and sometimes they are, but then something can happen like an example, a parent could make an announcement of a divorce or infidelity or one parent or, or caregiver sometimes can become sick and real sick. And in the eyes, it could be a bad flu 
for an adult, but in the eyes of a child, they're going to die. And then what happens is that if they're experiencing something repetitively in their upbringing, then the child will say, I have these caregivers. I know they love me. It may seem a little strange because love is pain and pain is love. A lot of us pick that up. But this is the only thing I know. And so it must be God. Now, you don't have to have a Catholic religion or something of an organized following of a religion like that to, to label it God. It can just be whatever's in the sky. We're all taught somewhere, all of us, that, they, that this form up in the sky created the birds and the bees and created me. We're taught through our parents, our caregivers, social media, whatever we're heard, we're told. And remember, I said we come in, we're a child, we don't have the adult experience so we're breathing and living it with each one and in, with each experiencing, we're choosing what it is that we want, don't like, want more of, can't have it, right? And so in this case, you do have a lot of strong God blocks where you've worked through it and congratulations, being able to face your own demons in such a way, in such a repetitive way, and still be standing. So thank you for choosing life. I, I do see that, and I want to acknowledge that. But in this case, it's about going deep and forgiving yourself for whatever you chose and forgiving God for whatever you felt that God wasn't providing to you or the end results of, or why does it become such a struggle, right? Why am I struggling so much? So right here, you're loving your life, but still struggling. A piece of you is struggling to let go of Know that you don't have to have an anchor to know that you are already love. You don't have to anchor into something to soothe you on the exterior when the interior is in a soothing effect as well. You can turn it into a form of like your folk singing. Instead of um, gravitating toward a smoke, maybe grab a guitar and sing through it or go for a walk. I know I did a lot of research on people um, uh, eliminating nicotine uh, because there's a lot in vape pens and things like that. And I tell you, the only thing I could really find is doctors saying you just have to work through the withdrawal. And so meaning drinking, getting out of your head, walking a lot, exercising, there isn't anything they can do. I know there's patches, but there's still a form of nicotine in it. So, do you feel that God hasn't always been there for you and that you've accepted certain things, but there's still some underlying itch? I'm going to call it an itch. Okay. I'll, I'll describe my itch. Um, <laughs> and thanks for taking my call. And thanks for taking my call, Terry. Um, yeah. The messages I got from my uh, childhood was, um, Mum was always beating me, therefore she did not love me, therefore I'm unlovable, and it's all my fault. And the other message I got was, and the world's a dangerous place, because I was always getting beaten. And then the message I got from Dad was, Dad never spends any time with me, therefore he does not love me, therefore I'm unlovable, and it's all my fault. Now, I broke that multi-generational uh, multi cycle of abuse by simply writing a letter to mum 
and sharing her my story of how I felt as a child growing up in our family because I was at the stage where I hated my mum. I hated my mum because she was always beating me. But you've got to love your mum. You've only got one mum. So I wrote a letter to mum telling her my story and asking her to tell me her story. And she was, yeah, she had a, a very violent childhood too. She was born in Germany in 24 between the wars. And so the light bulb went off that, yeah, mum was doing her best, but she was only dumping on me what got dumped on her by her parents. And with that understanding, I could move from uh, hate back to love. And I found her in England and she was in hospital with a second incidence of bowel cancer and that was the first time we spoke as mother and son to adults and then the following day she died and what a beautiful closure and it was like somebody yeah. had taken an elephant off yeah. my shoulders and and so but I still had this little niggle in my left shoulder and I thought what's this what's this niggle right dad you bastard so I wrote a letter to dad you know, why didn't you come to school sports days? Why didn't you take me fishing? He'd already died, so I just put it in an envelope, put on the envelope to Dan in heaven and burnt it. And so for me, that's that's how I handed back um, what got dumped on me, because if you don't hand it back, you pass it on. So, yeah, yeah and I have an amazing connection to source. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah, I feel a very, very strong connection to source. That's awesome. I'm sorry, Paul, because I know we're getting close to the end of the show, and I wanted to make sure I got, gave you some clearings wrapped around this. But the underlying itch is feeling like, you know, even though that I worked through it and wrote my letters and forgave in the subconscious space, your blueprint still reminds you, you know, of a trigger, you know, of seeing a kid playing on the you know, in the baseball field by himself or only seeing a mother and then reminiscing because the, the story can still be there in the subconscious space. But um, let's clear the fact that you are, number one, loved no matter what and that you don't have to anchor into something to satisfy that void meaning the um, drink or the smoke and knowing that if you are choosing to finally let it go, that your alternative is that you don't have to do it all at the same time and that you are no longer, you're not looked upon as being, or as something is the matter with you. So delete, delete, delete. Everything and anything that's making you feel as if something is the matter with you uncreate, transmit, and vaporize across all time, dimension, space, and reality. Everywhere and anywhere that's keeping you from feeling empowered in your full connection to source, meditating and being guided, asking for answers, following through with your answers, asking for your highest purpose, to be shown your highest purpose, to be gifted and transformed into that highest purpose and living life to the fullest. Amen. <laughs> Uncreate, transmute, and vaporize across all time, dimension, space, and reality. Take a deep breath in, everyone. Then out through your mouth. No longer feeling heavy or burdened. 
by anything in the past that no longer serves you. Uncreate, transient, and vaporize across all time, dimension, space, and reality. Paul, you're doing really well, honey. Know that you can keep moving forward and don't look at it as a big mountain and take one at a time, one day at a time, just like you did getting through all of that stuff and that you can sever yourself from uh, all of the things that you feel that you're anchoring into and love yourself even more. Meditate deeper and get the full answer. I ask all the time and they're presented. So what will it take to have everything you need before you know you need it now? Yes, yes, yes. Wow. I I just love this show, Terry. Uh, this this was been one of your best. Mm, thank you. I feel <laughs> awesome today. It's all fun and adventure, believe me. It's it's being able to find it and I know Paul can. He has, he loves his life and he chose life. And I hope everybody heard that. He chose life and he shared the tidbits of some really tragic and it is a tragic experience to, to think that a child wasn't feeling loved. But he is. And that is just simply severing the ties from the anchors and knowing that he it truly has the love in there and can let go of the things he, he feels that he's ready to let go. And he is. He's ready. Well, thank you. And one of our callers just wrote the note saying your insight was so helpful. We all just had a good laugh just now. My mom, dad, my daughter, and I. Thank you, Terry Christine. So thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your light with us every um, three months. And I will be looking forward for your next um, show with us. And is there anything that you want to say before we finish today? Oh, happy yeah, Mother's Day. And I know I Oh, yes, that's what I wanted to say. It's Happy Mother's Day to the most amazing. And, you know, there are fathers that are replacing that female energy, you know. So I want to acknowledge that, that this is your day as well for stepping into the feminine energy if that en ended up being your experience right now. Thank you for taking care of the little ones. Thank you for being the caregiver to your pets. You know, all of your pets, you know, we, they need us as well. And I'm honored that everyone was present. I'm honored for anyone listening to it after the live event. I'm honored every time we're together, Claudia. I'm truly honored that you chose me to be with you and to hold this platform. And I'm wishing everybody perfect health, lots of safety, and lots of love. And find the fun and adventure. Let go of the irritation. Don't feel controlled. We're all getting through this together. I love you all. I truly do. Thank you so much. And goodbye. <laughs>